I'll never forget the last long run we had was leaving from uh, Chevy Chase, Maryland, going all the way down to the National Zoo in Washington, D.C. That was a long run. I mean, when I say long, I mean, my clothes were like sopping wet and then we had to take the train to get back home. I just was like, oh, but I, I was committed. I was committed. I was determined. I was motivated to do the Chicago Marathon. Welcome to Part-Time Athletes, a podcast that interviews everyday people about their fitness journeys. That was Adina Crawford. She's a runner, she cycles, she does yoga, she pretty much does it all. And this is your host, Bree Outside. In today's episode, we're talking to Adina mostly about her running journey, but also a bit about her yoga journey. Adina's run a full marathon, and she's also certified as a yoga instructor. I hope you enjoy this wonderful conversation that we had. Without further ado, let's get started, athletes. But this is awesome that you uh, asked me to be a part of your podcast. I'm so grateful. Yeah, thanks for making the time because I know you're busy. <laughs> well, actually, I'm, I'm. I was actually sitting here like paying bills and going over some stuff that I need to take care of in the coming week and putting things on my calendar, the things that I need to do. I have you up there. I have a class that I'm teaching and an interview that I'm doing with someone else and just trying to stay active. (laughs) Um, So let's, I guess, go back to the beginning. So if you Google you, it's pretty obvious that you have a really robust fitness life between cycling and running and yoga and all this stuff that you do, but your life wasn't always like that. Um, yeah, you go back how many years, um, if you just want to talk a little bit about what your life was like before and then what motivated you to get moving. So that's, that's a very good question. And thanks for asking because people never know what you did before to get to where you are right now. So Prior to this, um, it's it's a, it's a long-standing joke between me and my husband. He used to tell me, "You really need to get off the couch and get some exercise. You're 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 getting too big. You need to get moving." And I always thought it was a personal attack, and you know, he was just picking on me, and uh, I just wouldn't listen. And it wasn't until, and this is like maybe nine, ten years ago, if not longer. Um, my, um, my, I come from a family that never exercised. So they had a lot of health issues between the diabetes, the high blood pressure, um, just all of those things. And it really wasn't until, you know, my stepbrother started getting ill. Um, he passed away. And then three months later, my mother passed away and, you know, it just it just kind of really hit me that you need to get your butt in gear, girl. You need to get moving. You need to find a group. And my husband's like, find a running group, find something, but you just need to move. And I started off really slow. And I started off with Fleet Feet uh, to really get myself activated. Um, because again, I come from a family that just didn't know the meaning of exercise. They knew, knew the meaning of eating and eating a lot of Caribbean food. So it was a, uh, it was a challenge, but now I feel like I'm one of the, what they say is unstoppable. 
And so did you, you started with running and just moving on your feet? Yes. I started with fleet feet. They had a first time 5k program. I willingly signed up for (laughs) that. Willingly signed up for that (laughs) program. And I did so well with my first 5k that the owners of that fleet feet at the time said, we'd like you to be a mentor in our next program for the next uh, group of people that are coming in. So I had a young girl, she must've been 12 years old that I mentored uh, through the program. So from there, I just elevated myself from the 5k. I didn't go to a 10k. I went right to a half marathon. And I think I finished my first half marathon in like 238, I think, you know, because I was structured, I disciplined and I had a coach. So that's kind of where it all began. And then luckily moved on. I found black girls run. And out of all of the sports that you could have chosen, I mean, you could have taken tennis lessons or swimming. Why did you pick running? Had you run before or did it just seem like maybe the easiest thing to pick up? You know, I have never run a day in my life. And this is just a quick, funny blurb. I posted something maybe about four years ago on my page about me running. And one of the guys that I went to middle school with, he commented, he said, oh, my God, you running. I can't believe this. You would sit in your gym suit. Now I'm dating myself. You would sit in your gym suit and you would find every excuse not to get out and exercise. He said, this is just an amazing thing to see. So I was never active, never, ever, ever active. Uh, And I tell you that, and I emphasize that never. So I'm a late bloomer. And what do you think has been the most helpful helpful to you in kind of developing your routine? Because like you said, you you have it pretty structured, right? You've got it down. You know what you're doing every day of the week. So what, how do you think somebody that's just getting started should approach that kind of a challenge? Find out where your level is. So someone new coming into the whole fitness arena, find something you like, whether it be yoga, tennis, cycling, swimming, find something you like and find a program that you can do regiment yourself to do it. Hold yourself accountable. So for me, I like all things fitness, so I'm willing to try new things. Um, so I do do it all between the swimming, the cycling, the running, the biking. I try to fit it all in when I can because it's just cross-training for me. And the yoga, of course. Yoga is my jam. <laughs> yoga is truly my jam. But I would tell a new person, just find something that you like, gravitate towards that, And then immerse yourself in it, but don't get discouraged. Be encouraged when you first start because Rome wasn't built in a day. We all have to start somewhere. So just start very small, whether it's on a bike, you can cycle for 30 minutes at your own pace. You are your own competition. And what do you do, especially thinking back to those early, early days when you were just getting started? What do you do on the days when you just, you don't feel like it? You get up in the morning and you're like, I'm supposed to go running, but I just don't feel like it. How do you get around that kind of a mental block? Is there a song you put on or special? Oh girl, let me get the Jamaican (laughs) reggae. Let me get my reggae music out and it's on, it's on and popping then with the reggae (laughs) music. Um, 
We all have those days. I have those days now where I'm like, uh, it's too cold outside. I don't want to run. It's raining. I don't want to run. But you got to turn your lens inward. And when I say that, just kind of go back into your head and say, you're only going to be out for an hour or you're only going to need to do this for an hour. What's an hour? People go grocery shopping for an hour. You can go get your fitness on in an hour. So you really have to push yourself, make your own self accountable. And never feel that you're a failure. So if the day comes and you hypothetically women go through these cycles month monthly and you don't feel like moving, it's okay. But make sure you make a promise to yourself to do it the next day. And when you started exercising, was your immediate like the people around you, were they instantly supportive or did you have to deal with any skeptics? Because I know a lot of times when people are just getting started and it's new, they might encounter some skepticism from people that don't think that they're going to follow through. Was that the case with you or not really? Not really, because there were so many different levels in that group and layers of fitness ability. So mm -hmm. I really didn't experience that too much. Um, for one thing, they definitely made me feel welcome. So I could never say that that wasn't the case. Um, it was just it was a it was a moment in my life where I got to see myself grow, but also just to see how other people around me are. So in in the situation I was around, I was I think I was it was only two of us that were African American and the rest were Caucasian or Hispanic. So it was different. But it wasn't terrible, but it was different. So they but were they were encouragers. The coach was more of an encourager. I had a great coach in the beginning, a great coach. Um, but your family and friends, were they all, did they think that you were going to complete the 5K or were they a little worried? <laughs> it sounds my like your husband was, was like really happy for me when I did my first 5K. And I'll never, it was like run for the roses. That was the name of the race, the Run for the Roses. Uh, he was very happy for me. Um, and he's like, gosh, now I can't even keep you in the house that you're on the go all the time. So that was that was that was kind of funny. We still laugh about that today. So, you know, but um, I had I had a pretty good uh, family support. And as I moved on and became a part of Black Girls Run, I had a bigger support. I had so many accountability partners and. And grateful for uh, people that were always like supportive, didn't matter what speed or level you were at, they were just super supportive. They wait for you at the finish line. And Black Girls One has this motto, no woman left behind. So that, that, that was also very encouraging. And then when did the yoga come into play? Because you also teach now, right? So you must have been practicing for a little while now. <laughs> yes, yes. So yoga has always been a little part of my repertoire, but I started really getting into it after when I started doing heavier running, like the marathon training, because my knees would hurt, my body would ache. And, you know, I just felt like I needed something extra. And I, I, I really love hot yoga. I really love hot yoga. It just brings on a different you love uh, hot yoga out of all I of the kinds of yogas, hot yoga. Yes. <laughs> yes. When that room is like 110 degrees, just know that you better not eat before you go in there. You better have had your food three hours before. But um, 
Yes, but yoga is is has bought so much. Let me just tell you this, Brie: awareness, enlightenment, patience. It has brought so much into my life where I can be more tolerant of things, if that makes sense. So yeah, yoga came in off and on throughout my journey, but I really got into it when I started um, attending core power yoga. I really got into it. I was there like four days a week and taking two classes and I, I was just really into it. And then, you know, they kind of talked about, they said, you know what, you have the energy, you have the charisma. We think that you would be an excellent student. Of course, that could have been the sales pitch, but they they got me and I ended up getting certified through Core Power Yoga uh, for their 200 hours, then their yoga sculpt I got certified in. And just recently during this pandemic, I got another 200 hours in uh, my vinyasa practice. So I've been pretty steady. And what was it like, just in case there's any other yogis like us out there thinking about getting their teaching certificate? Because I know I did mine online over the pandemic, but it was like a they had a live intensive and everything. Um, and I did mine through Black Yoga Magazine. So it was a lot of people that look like us. Um, yes. But was that the case for Core Power? Okay. So I'm glad you asked that question. So for Core Power, there were only two of us that were African-American in the class. So no one was treated any differently than the other, right. but right. that in person teaching is a hundred percent better than virtual. I will tell you because you're really hands-on, you're, you're engaged, you're correcting, you know, there's just more to it than the virtual. So, um, I would say for someone that's new and that wants to get into yoga, find out what style yoga you want to teach first, whether it's vinyasa, whether it's yin, yin yoga, whether it's restorative, whether it's power, uh, whatever it is, find what you like. But once you get that 200 hour certificate, you can almost take your practice into any level, if that makes sense. You Because because you learn all the different postures, you learn the, the the things that you need to learn. And so what I did with mine, I took my power yoga, which I still do teach when asked, but I also moved it into a restorative yoga, taking some of those poses and bringing them into restorative. And now I do meditation as well. So um, it's, it's, a, it's a wonderful thing to have the 200 hours because you can expand greatly in that uh, 200 hours. Would you agree, even if you're not interested in teaching, it's really beneficial just as a student practicing yoga? Because I think it absolutely, it really, yeah, it really absolutely. helps deepen your practice, especially. I don't some of the texts we had to read, it's like not necessarily something I'd pick up on my own, but then once you read it, you're like, it's mind blowing. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. And it makes you a better human, Brie. It makes you a better human because you become, again, like I mentioned, self-awareness with oneself. You know, um, yoga has just enlightened me to so many levels. And I like to bring that same energy and enlightenment to others. You see what I mean? I want to bring that to others. So I think that's more more important for me. So yeah, I love to get my own practice in, but I like to bring it to others. Yeah. And then, so you mentioned you started yoga to get into those longer runs, those bigger miles. 
Do you want to talk a little bit about, I think it was 2017, you ran your first full marathon, the Chicago Marathon. Do you want to talk about that experience a little bit? Yes. Oh, wow. So I was fortunate that uh, I was like, uh, I, I want to do one of the world majors. And I got into a running program with a different group and the training was hard. It was rigorous, uh, hot days, areas, which I didn't particularly like to run in. I'm not saying it's a bad area. It's just a route I didn't particularly like. And I'll never forget the last long run we had was leaving from uh, Chevy Chase, Maryland, going all the way down to the National Zoo in Washington, D.C. That was a long run. I mean, when I say long, I mean, my clothes were like sopping wet and then we had to take the train to get back home. I just oh, it was like, oh, but I, I was committed. I was committed. I was determined. I was motivated to do the Chicago Marathon. So find a program if somebody's looking to do their first major world major or first marathon if, for any fact of that, just find something, find a good training program and a group that you can do it with that should be accepting all bodies, all bodies. So yeah, yeah, that was, that was interesting. But I rewarded myself after every long run, whether it's, ten, well, for me, 10 miles, 12 miles, 13 miles. I find this place that I really enjoy. It's called True Food Kitchen. And I really enjoyed going there, having a grass-fed burger and a kale salad or something, just refueling with the right things. So um, those were kind of like my motivators. Sorry to say that, but it was my motivator to get going. <laughs> at the end. What would you say your most memorable run is or anything that's been funny that has happened, sad, surprising, maybe you passed an amazing garage sale? <laughs> I will have to say that the Nike half marathon and it, this, this to me was probably, I won't say it wasn't the best situation, but I will say that morning, my husband made me breakfast. And I ate something I normally don't eat outside of, you know, my uh, running practice or training. And that's a big no-no. And at mile, I think it was mile nine or 10, I started to get constipated. It was horrible. It was absolutely horrible. I was so miserable to get to that finish line. I couldn't wait. So it was lesson learned. Stick to what you eat normally during your training runs. Don't try anything new. And I should have known that, but he made me breakfast and I, I didn't want to make him feel bad. So that was a memorable moment. And it's funny because the girl that I was running with her and I still kind of chuckle about that to this day. <laughs> and that was years ago. So um, that that's a memory for me. Never change what you're doing. Um that was that was one thing I can remember. <laughs> Stick to the plan. Do you want to talk a little bit about the podcast you co-host, Fit Black Queens? Sure. So there's five of us, uh, and we're, it's interesting because we're kind of spread out. There's three of us in the state of Maryland, one in Alabama, one in New Jersey. And being a part of a group of women that are like-minded – and have the same goals 
in mind is a beautiful thing. Bree, let me tell you, our, our conversations go deep. We talk about everything from the brown girl perspective when it comes to fitness, whether it's comfort food, whether it's how to dress in the wintertime, gardening, um, physical health, things of those natures. And it's always everybody's got a story, right? And we like to share those stories with our audience. And I think it's just just amazing um, how we carry on together and we all get along so well. So I encourage people to check out Fit Black Queens. There's, there's an episode for everybody. Our latest one is uh, comfort food. And we all have that, right, Bree? We all have comfort food. Definitely. <laughs> Not to make some tacos this weekend. <laughs> Ooh, yummy. I haven't had those in, gosh, I don't know how long. We've been on this fish kick now for weeks, months. Fish is the them. only meat I miss. I'm vegan-ish, kind of between vegetarian and vegan. And fish is the only one that I really miss. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, okay. 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 So, yeah, that's, uh, we we really... And we try to bring stuff to the audience that we think people want to hear about, like, you know, black Pilates instructors, you don't hear much about them, you know, or uh, we have the Philly bra lady, the how to get your bra fitted properly. A lot of women don't know how to do that. They don't know how to, sorry, how to properly fit their bras. So we have the Philly bra lady come on and do an episode. That was, that was really informative and amazing. Um, is there anything else about your fitness journey that you wanted to mention? Well, you know, I've been in these last couple of months, I've been extremely grateful and fortunate. I was just in the Trek holiday catalog uh, for cycling. That was an amazing an absolutely amazing uh, photo shoot. And there's more to come with that. And then um, earlier uh, in the middle of this year, uh, I, I went out to Seattle and became a part of the Wazell fitness model group. So and Wazelle is a fitness clothing, and I'm sure you've seen the things on my stories. It's just been an amazing journey. So shifting my, bringing my fitness now into clothing line, you know, and I'm, I'm part of Terry Bickles. Um, I am a fitness model for them as well. Uh, so I've got some upcoming projects that's going to be pr pretty super amazing. Um, I'm, I'm excited. So yeah. Yeah, it's it's been great. It's been great. Just bringing everything's kind of coming full circle and it's timing in the right timing. Yeah, that's awesome. It's always good to see more people like diverse looking in those kind of advertisements and magazines and all of that. So love it to see people that look like me, people that look like my friends. And I think most people can relate to that. So yeah, I'm glad you're doing it. Yeah. <laughs> Getting out there. <laughs> yeah, because if you look at it though, Brie, and this is a this is just one of the things that was that kind of was interesting. Um, on the Trek website, on their Instagram page, they posted the picture. I mean, you know, you got people that make inflammatory comments all the time, but you don't pay mm -hmm. them any mind. But then you look at the other part of it where people were like, wow. She looks like me. Yeah. Wow. I can, you know, so it was just so enlightening. And then I think they saw that and they were like, this is great, you know? And then all the way from Poland, um, I got messages from the Ozarks and from Cyprus. Wow. That, that, that's huge. I mean, that's amazing. I mean, I'm, I'm still like pinching myself behind that. 
it's amazing to see real people too. You're not just a model who's grabbing the bike or the clothes just for that one photo shoot. Like this is your life. (laughs) This is my life. That's right. I love it. I love the way you phrase that. That's like, this is my life. I'm like, I said to one guy, I'm just an ordinary person, you know? Um, And I just like to do things that everybody else likes to do. Everybody's not going to be a size two, four, six, or eight. You have to represent the whole body and like all bodies because people already feel a certain kind of way or not inclusive in certain things. I mean, I used to go into the yoga studio and the girls would have on their crop tops and their tights and belly. There's no belly. They had no belly, but they were probably prancing around there, you know, and, you know, for the people that are like myself or anyone else, someone else could feel intimidated by that. What, what, you know, do you follow what I'm saying? They could feel intimidated. Right. Yeah. I think that's why the planet fitness, they have like those rules about what you can or can't wear (laughs) because they know who they're trying to serve. So (laughs) yes, they want everybody. It's great. If you have a washboard belly, that's amazing. But you know, not everybody has a washboard belly. All right, athletes. That's all the time we have for today's episode. I want to say thanks again to Adina Crawford for making the time to do the interview. I super appreciate it. And it was so much fun talking to you. If you want to talk to Adina, you can find her on Instagram. She's at Dini the Yogini. That's at D-E-A-N-I-E the Yogini, which is Y-O-G-I-N-I. So you can find Adina on Instagram at Dini the Yogini. You can also find her on her website. It's adinacrawford.weebly.com. I also want to say thanks to you, the listener, for listening to this episode. I say it most times. I mean it every time. I appreciate you listening to this, taking the time out of anything else you could be doing or listening to. So thanks for listening to this episode. And I also wanted to remind you to visit freeoutside.com where you can find links to all of my social media channels, including YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. And you can also find out what events are upcoming and what classes are upcoming. So I teach yoga online. Also, I'm certified as a personal trainer and a running coach. So um, if you want to work out with me, I would love it. So visit freeoutside.com. Thank you again. And I hope you listen next time on Part-Time Athletes.